Welcome, welcome to the Sharpway Show. Yes, it is 7 p.m. on the East Coast. So that means you got to look at my mug. That is the rules. I don't make the rules. I just follow them. Actually, I make them also. So I make them and I follow them. Well, no, I don't even follow them usually. I just make the rules. That's it. 7 p.m. I'm happy that you are here. I'm wearing my semi-informal shirt. Is it kind of boog-like or boogish? Is that the right answer? I don't really know. But anyway, it looks cool. I hope you guys enjoy it. I am very lucky today i have with me the man himself a musician a professor a social commentator sean wallace aka dr thunder so happy to have you how are you sir i'm doing great it's uh good to be here uh, of course uh you know i interviewed you on my on my uh interview series uh, conversations with dr thunder a few months ago, and uh, I originally saw you on one of my buddy's channels, um, mm-hmm. uh, T.K. Coleman. Absolutely. I met and... him in um, South Dakota last week. Oh, okay. Okay. He was at Freedom uh, that's, Yeah, that's my that's my man. So so anyhow, we're uh, in good company and all that all that uh, all that great stuff. I'm I'm glad to be here and looking forward to the conversation. And well, I want to get right into it if I could. This is a, a, I'm bringing this up because I have been milling about in my head the idea of how do I bring more people of color, specifically black people in a black community into the Libertarian Party, into the third party world. And I know that's an interest of yours. And you brought up a very important piece, which I just loved as soon as you said it, which was this can be a very lonely existence when you are um, a black male, either academic or libertarian academic, conservative and academic, in some way, shape, or form in that world, if you don't want to just go, I'm a Democrat, I will follow whatever the left says, if you don't want to do that, it can be a lonely existence. Am I right? Uh, very much so. Very much so. Um, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm an academic, and mm-hmm. I'm very careful uh, what I bring up, uh, especially in open forums. Sure. Um, wh- which is kind of a strange thing, uh, open forum. <laughs> but, yes. But it's not really open to uh, certain kinds of uh, thoughts, certain ideas. You know, uh, the word university is two yeah. words sort of squashed together, unity in diversity. And w- okay. one of the one of the interesting things about this is that largely that the university is not fulfilling its mission. And, okay. and that is to be open to all sorts of different kinds of ideas, all kinds of different, uh, you know, positions, d- different sure. disciplines, and to constantly be asking the question, what makes them the same, right? Though they be different, what unites this diversity, uh, unity and diversity? And so, in the in the university, there's there's these uh, there's these uh, you know always these initiatives, and there's yeah. always like grant money available to try to bring always. different, uh, yeah, bring different uh, disciplines together. Though the mission unity and diversity, you, you know, it was always there. Uh, so, uh, ones like, uh, interdisciplinary. <laughs> now 
that's totally redundant given that we're talking about a university. Uh, and but, but I, definitely, I want to walk, walk down that road though, right? I want to go down to the place where in theory, right? In theory, if I'm a black academic and I think differently, yeah. I should be an amazing unicorn, right? I mean, I should be the the person that everyone calls. I should be That's right. the one that everyone goes, oh my God, let's get Dr. Thunder's view on this, right? I mean, this is what, you, in theory, we should be thinking. I don't see that though, right? And then isn't it, not, not only is it lonely, doesn't it become, and I felt this in my own world, doesn't it become also disrespectful? Y- yes. Uh, disrespectful. Um, In other words, well, other there's... people are getting a lot more attention from the peer group that you're supposed to get attention from. Other right. people are getting attention from the media that you're supposed to have the equal attention to. And the, the part that I found the worst is someone who has gone through whatever is the academic studies that are required to have that title will almost be dismissed and not even heard. Well, first of all, there's, there's always this, I mean, I have always felt this, um, and a lot of other, uh, black men, uh, feel this, that there's this idea that you need to be two to three times better, uh, Mm. to, to gain the same access, right. Two to three times better at what it is that you do. And so there always already is that sort of thing. And then there's this, okay, well, we're not going to let you in the club because you don't have this particular qualification. Then you get that qualification. Okay, now what it is is that you need this other qualification. You get that qualification. Now what it is is that, well, you're not a good fit. Or, you know, some of your views, we don't know if you're going to, you know, mesh and get along well with others and, and all of this kind of stuff. There's always these different ways that they keep you from being sort of fully embraced and kind of at arm's length. Now, if you look at what happened with women, this is similar thing happened with women, particularly in the 80s and 90s. And the result, as they kept getting not good enough, not good enough, not good enough. And, the, and what happened with women, while the reasoning was a bad reason, the outcome in a way wasn't a bad outcome, meaning that there was a huge explosion of female entrepreneurs. The entrepreneur mm. mindset began to explode because women just said, Okay, I get it. You're never going to let me be the thing that I want to be. So I'm going to go do it myself. And many women did and became very successful. And that was a thing that began to happen. My worry is when so many black men go that route, it's the black market. They're not doing it in a way that is in the normal market. It's almost, oh, not always. It's too often. That's a better phrase. It's too often in the black market, which puts them in jail or puts them, you know, at risk or, or gets them shot or insert thing here, mm-hmm. right? Too many go to the black market. Why do we not have, or, or maybe you don't know, but let's talk about it. What is up with the black male entrepreneur mindset? The, the ownership mindset that I feel like in my, when I grew up in the seventies in the Bronx, my father didn't have that great of entrepreneur mindset but enough to be a DJ on the sides and have a a side business to get us out of the, uh, of the Bronx. Um, I don't see as much of that now. Is it me or am I wrong? Tell me. 
Well, it it's uh, <sighs> that's a that's an interesting question. So the the entrepreneur thing, first of all, that word gets sort of applied to a lot of things that aren't necessarily successful entrepreneur, right? Sure. Um, so you know, I could be selling you know CDs out of the trunk of my car, and Absolutely. then call myself an entrepreneur. Yep. Um, uh, whereas someone that actually has maybe three restaurants in, in a chain, uh, owns three restaurants is also calling themselves an entrepreneur. So, but, so but that's why I said mindset, because I agree with you. I, and, and my point is, even if I'm selling CDs out of the back of the car, which people do, that's, you read my mind, right? That's what I mean by the black market, right? People are doing right. that. At least that's taking charge, isn't it? Isn't that yep. taking charge of your life and saying, I can't just be kept down. I'm going to make some music or get my buddy to make some music. And I'm going to go out and I'm going to sell this stuff. And I'm sorry. But it's what happens when uh, there seems to be a sort of, um, you know, lack of sort of access to the you know legitimate market yep you know if you keep getting pushed out and pushed out and pushed out eventually you're going to say look this is not working their way is not working for me i need to find another way to do this mm -hmm. and um and i think there there are a lot of examples of black men that have achieved at the highest levels but are still being uh, sort of shunned and not really fully, uh, 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 don't have full access to the market or to, I'm sorry, to the, whatever the, well, yes, to the market, <laughs> you know, yeah. to the legitimate market. Yep. Uh, and so, and so I think, uh, what happens is folks that have not acquired those maybe credentials, uh, they just decide, Hey, that's not going to be something that I'm going to do. So for instance, uh, one of the reasons why uh, maybe you don't have as many black men in college mm -hmm. yeah. is maybe would be or finishing degrees is at That's one point you're piece. like, yeah, yeah. At one, at one point it's like, well, yeah. first of all, I'm going to be in debt when I get mm -hmm. done with this. And then secondly, am I really going to have the same access as my white counterpart? Mm -hmm. And the answer is probably not. Um, and yeah. And then some of those other factors start to, to get in there. It's like, okay, so well is, now you need another degree. Me. You've just, you've just brought this up, right? And hold on. You, you, you connected with Bernard. Bernard says, I've dealt with all those excuses. I know, but we're all in the same boat, Bernard. <laughs> we're in the same boat. Absolutely. And then Shelly's on my side. She's like, I was going to say that at one point in my life, we could have substituted the word woman, which was my whole point, right? In the nineties and eighties, I think that, that, that was happening in that regard too. But I guess where, where I want to go with, with this is, is it that we, is it that we don't know any better? Is it that there are too many, there, there are too many um, uh, people who are not supporting us, right? Because mm. my issue is when you create the support structure, it tends to work well, right? As a general rule, it tends to work well when you add support structure. That's not a 100% rule, but the odds just go up. And if you look at, and we're going to third parties here, when you look at all of the parties, there's only one party 
that is saying, hey, there's nothing wrong with you know groups of people getting together and creating what they want to create on their own in the free market, Libertarian Party. Right. There's only one party that says, let's stop government licensing that keeps people down and instead create just credentialing so that if, if people care about a credential, they'll choose to not go to you or not. And when I was a kid in the Bronx, what I found was those licensings and credentials, you know, either didn't exist or weren't enforced, right? When I was a kid in the Bronx, we had gypsy cabs because the cabs wouldn't come to our neighborhood. So gypsy cabs would go around and they really were hardly ever enforced. If you watch any old seventies movie, you can see gypsy cabs in the background in the seventies in New York city, right? They're basically illegal cabs. One guy would paint one door a different color and we would know that he's gypsy cab. Or we had uh, people who braid hair on a stoop. The girls would braid hair. Or I remember, I don't know why, it was always Hispanic. I, I can't remember. I was a kid. They were maybe Dominican or Puerto Rican. I forgot which one. They would bang out the dents of cars and kind of like rebuff the car. This is back when they used to make cars out of metal. And they would bang out dents out of the car. Hmm. And they would, and that's how guys would make money. They'd make cash. My mom and I used to clean offices on the weekends. And I feel like the only group of people, the only party that is talking about that is the Libertarian Party. Democrats don't talk about programs. Republicans talk about nothing, bootstraps. Um, Greens talk about socialism. No one's saying, let me let me clear that playing field for you so you can get access to what you need to get access to. Let me support the community locally so you can unite, right, and, and do what's required to move forward. I feel like it's only us, but man, I also feel like Black America's not hearing it. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that uh, one thing about, okay, so one thing about the, the whole Democrat-Republican thing that is not adequate for me. Okay. So the, uh, at least the Democrats show up in, say, for instance, in the black church, you That's know, true. right before an election. Yep, at they least they're up. there. I agree. However, um, the way that the black folks tend to be treated is because our vote is tr- uh, so taken for granted. Yep. We don't even get promises or quantitative numbers on yes. the level by which, uh, you know, th- uh, black issues will be supported. Mm-hmm. But we just keep voting that way. Now, the Republicans don't even come and it's as if they have made the decision that, uh, well, based on the numbers, the numbers are, are are saying that they're not going to vote for us anyway. We should just spend our time somewhere else. Yep. And, uh, and then there is this sort of, uh, uh, level of condescension and, uh, you know, might as well be smacking people in the face, uh, with, uh, uh, much of what they say. Now, I, I would say that the core beliefs and values in the Republican Party, a lot of that I tend to agree with. But yeah, I know I know smacked, a lot of black people who are conservative. I do. Yeah. But getting smacked in the face uh, and being disrespected and being told that basically the reason that, you know, you're having such a hard time is uh, basically, it, you know, you're just lazy. Um, you, you know, you're not. Um, you're not pulling hard enough on your own bootstraps, uh, apparently. And other groups, yeah. they, they, they apparently they're stronger than you are because they they they're able to pull themselves up. But 
uh, something's and, wrong and with and you. That's so the part get that, that together. I feel like the right doesn't <laughs> get, right? I'm with you. I remember I was at a Manhattan Institute event when I was running for office, 2018. And at the event, it was about the uh, black men or, or I forgot what it was, bl- blacks in, in, in politics or something like that. It was all black event. And it's like, you know, four or five people on a panel, all black, talking about stuff. And all they did was go, black men aren't in the church. Black men are in jail. Black men aren't with the family. We got to, that's all they said. There was no point did they go, and the war on drugs is putting more black men in jail than anybody else. And not just that, you wonder why so many black men leave the church. Does it, do church people go visit the men in prison? No. And not just that, when they go to prison, what am, who's there for them? Islam is there for them in prison. That's why so many of them become, they become Muslim. So you wonder why black men leave in the church? Because you don't support them before they go in. You don't support them when they go in. And you don't support them when they come out. So why would they go to the church? So they don't even bring up that the war on drugs is crushing that. And the war on poverty makes it harder for men and women to be together. So the war on poverty by the government, the war on drugs by the government, and they get and they go, see? And sadly, the white people in the group all go, yeah, that makes sense for only one reason, because nobody called them racist, which is awesome. <laughs> I don't want to call white people racist either. I say it's the system. The individual white person in the country doesn't care about race at all. There are some, but as an average, there's always bad people, right? But as the average white guy wakes up in the morning or gal doesn't care about race at all. They care about their own issues, their own stuff going on, and they don't care. They don't care if people are doing bad, but they don't get doing good. They just don't care. It's I'm living my life. But there is this, there are systemic issues that are caused by government, almost always federal government, that has made our lives harder, and they won't even address them. Now, I I will say it and say, white people aren't, as a whole, there's always some, aren't by default racist at all. So I want them as my ally to help change Mm. the system. It's the system that doesn't work. Barack Obama was the president. We had a black president. And things are still bad. Why? Because the system's bad. There's the war on drugs existed through how many presidents now? Six? Am I about right? Maybe seven? Whatever. It's gone through all the presidents. So that your point's a perfect one. If it's not systemic, if it isn't the government making these terrible systems that are affecting black people more than white people, white people also are affected, right? They're also if the war on drugs messes with white people too. So, but yep. just with us more, right? But it messes with them too. If it's not the systems, then how can I not take it as what you just said? Well, I guess black men are bad. There's no other option. Yeah. yeah so uh, this uh, the the black church in black men. This is this is an issue that I've talked on uh, quite a few platforms, and it's an issue that I've talked on my own platform about. And it used to be that there were a couple places where black men had a place where they can, they could talk about real issues and uh, they weren't being monitored or Mm -hmm. someone wasn't there like waiting for them to say the wrong thing so that they could cancel them. Um, It it used to be that that existed and it was in barbershops and it was in the black church. Yes, absolutely. Yes. 
And what's happened is as um, aspects, some of the negative aspects of feminism, negative towards uh, the black family structure in particular, Mm -hmm. some of those uh, aspects were more fully embraced by the church. Much of what comes across the pulpit now tends to be this sort of finger wagging against black men. Yes, you know, very true. you need to man yes. up, you need to take on your responsibility, you need to X, Y, and Z. And the problem with this is that you're not, you know, uh, modeling X, Y, and Z, and you're not, you know, there's a lot of this. And uh, a lot of the stuff that comes across the pulpit tends to be very much um, dances around some of the real significant issues uh, that have really originated with the way that the women are behaving. So you have a lot of single mothers uh, in uh, in the black church, but a lot of those issues are not are not adequately dealt with, and it's always framed that the black man is just the black man is just vacating his responsibilities, right? And that's why he's not involved in the kid's life, and that's why we have all these hooligans in the street. But you 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 easily could make they the argument they don't even that talk about the court, idea of family law that the right. that the Court is trashing black men and family law. Right. And again, white right. men too, right? I don't want to, white men are getting their butt kicked here also. There's also here. Right. It's just by percentage, it's more uh, black it, it, men by, because they're the ones getting caught up in the war on drugs. They're the ones getting caught up in poverty. That That's true. And, and of course, uh, in the church, um, in the black church, I mean, men are just, it, I mean, you, there used to be a, representative percentage of us in the black church. That is yeah. not the case anymore. You go to black yeah. church and, and there's a lot of women and children. And we know that when the government talks about black families, they're not talking about black men. They're talking yeah. about women and children. And in particular, the children that they're talking about are the daughters because huh. the boys will be, will grow up to become men. Right. <laughs> So wow. and, and we know wow. that the okay. education and we know that the education system, uh, as it has become, um, sort of this is sort of downhill from the uh, initial sort of feminization of the education system, and a lot of boys in school are having significant trouble. Ninety three percent, ninety three percent of the uh, valedictorians uh, and uh, and class presidents in high school are female. Ninety-three percent. Wow, that's crazy. It is totally crazy. Now, and the thing, and the thing is, is like, I mean, it's funny you said because I tell people all the time when I when I when I consult with people, I said when you're looking to hire, you really got to start looking at women more than men. And I know it sounds sexist when I say it, but I've said because it's just the numbers, the talent right now in the market. It's female Mm -hmm. talent. It's everywhere. Females have better degrees. Females have better education. Females, I know it sounds, I'm just, when I consult with people, I tell them the truth. It doesn't matter if it's PC or not. And in many cases, right. particularly professionals, lawyers, um, uh, accountants, man, it's just females have all the credentials compared to males. It's true. I see it in the market today. And the thing, and the thing is, is that, is this because f- uh, females are in mass uh, more capable than males? No, that's not that's not the case. So, so we need to look at the educational system 
and say, what changed and why is this uh, going this way? And what are some yeah. things that we can do to try to help mm -hmm. the boys to have a, uh, you know, a, a better pathway? Go ahead. Let, let me grab a couple of uh, comments. People are commenting all over the place here. So um, let's see here. Shelly says, but the black market leaves people open to government interference. Yes. And jailing 100 percent. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Um, Jericho says that is so true about occupation, occupational licensing. I have a close friend who's a fantastic massage therapist. And in order to renew her license in New York State, it will cost her $1,200. That's more than my nurse practitioner license costs. Wow. She has five mounts to feed, so she can't afford it and can't do what she loves for that very reason. Yeah, that's a woman in this case. But, you know, a, a lot of times people in poor communities have that same problem, right? Yeah. It's true, right? Yeah. Um, Dave says African-Americans tend to be more socially conservative. Let me touch that piece now, Dave. Um, recently, Republicans have had, Trump specifically, but Republicans in general, have had more people of color vote for them in the recent years. And some people say it's all because Trump is so awesome to black people. That's not the reason why. What Trump did is he made it neutral. He's like, I don't care, whatever. Come on in. What do you got to lose? He wasn't negative, which was which opened the door. But that didn't bring black people in. What brought black what brought black people in was the left becoming so socially left. That pushed black people out of, of, of the of the Democratic Party. And Trump just had an open door. So they walked in. They walked Great. into the open door. So it was the, the social hard left that pushed black people out more than it was Trump pulling them in. Trump left the door open. And what I feel bad about is libertarians, we didn't do a good enough job of letting mm. them know that our door was open. You could have come to us. We didn't yeah. do a good job of that. And we should have because we, we could have brought them in. And instead, a lot of them went red instead of going gold. A am I am I wrong on on this, Sean? No, you're not wrong. That's I, I think that's I think that's true. Um, and uh, I tend to I tend to identify with uh, libertarians. You know, when I get an opportunity to vote, um, and there's a a libertarian candidate, uh, I tend to vote for that candidate. Uh, in my mind, uh, what What's most important is that we get more folks, Democrats and Republicans, to to vote third party. Period. Just to yes, break agree. up this this duopoly. Yes, one hundred percent. Yes, I totally agree. That's why the idea of Brexit is a good idea, except ninety nine percent are going just straight to Republicans. And I'd like if you're going to leave the 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 Democratic Party, okay, but you don't have to just go red. You could go green. I'm not a big green fan, but you could go green. You can go gold. Yeah. I like that a whole lot better. But I mean, there are other places to go besides just going red. And I think you're right. We have not done a good job of, of saying just break. I remember back in the 90s, I said this. This is back in the 90s when I didn't even know what libertarian was. I was saying, you know what? If one year, like we all just voted Republican. And I would say that and people go, what? What? You like Republicans? I'm not saying I like a non-like Republican. I'm saying, but if if the black population, this is back in the 90s, I said, we just vote Republican one year, then Republicans will go, oh, wait a minute, we can get this vote? Maybe we should talk to them. And to your point, 
show up at the black church. Maybe we should. We can get their vote. Maybe Democrats might go, well, wait a minute. We might lose them. Maybe you might actually want to help them out in some way and do something that would help them. And I think I'm clearly I was 15, 20 years too early. Um, I think Blexit kind of is that, but not as effective as I would have liked it. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, if all you're doing is taking folks out of the Democratic Party and putting them in the Republican Party, you're still feeding the same machine. Yeah. Um, My thought on this is that the Democrats and the Republicans are two sides of the same coin. So long as you have a Democrat or a Republican in there, uh, it just keeps all the same folks in power. You don't have to be elected in order to be close to the reins of power. I mean, you could be a lobbyist, you could work on someone's campaign, you could, I mean, there's all kinds of things. And and then you sit around and you wait for your turn. And since it's a duopoly, the thought is that if the Democrats are wrong, then the Republicans must be the answer. And if the Republicans are wrong, then the Democrats must be the answer. Uh, And, you know, obviously the the way that media covers the stuff, I think having two, uh, you know, things, you know, it's, it's, it's more clickable, you know, it's more, you know, uh, it's an easier narrative. Right. It's, and it's like, you know, it's like the, the prize fight, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's this guy versus this guy. And, you know, and you're going to know who wins, who's going to knock the other one out. And there seems to be something more satisfying uh, to people uh, rather than having multiple options. Right. Um, but so really let, what, let me, what we need to do is me, we need to encourage folks to look at, at these other options. And there is a way to do that. And that has to do with my sponsor. So quick commercial. You can head over to the world's smallest political quiz. You could take that if you're unsure. Hit that uh, link right there. If you see it's in the description, click that link. Head over to my sponsors, The Advocates for Self-Government, theadvocates.org. Click that link, take the world's smallest political quiz, and see where you land. Do you land more progressive? Do you land more uh, conservative, more libertarian, more moderate? Where do you land on that chart? And you can start thinking about where you should be voting. You might say, Larry, I took that test already. No worries. Take that link and share it. Let your friends take that test. And here's the best part. If you head on over there through that link, there's like seven more tests there. There's a police accountability test. There's uh, a pandemic really uh, uh, test. All types of quizzes and surveys you can enjoy. Please check out my sponsor over there, the World's Possible Quiz, theadvocates.org. There's a link right there. And if you like what the good Dr. Thunder is talking about, check out him, drthundermusic.com. He's got a YouTube page too. That link is also in the description. Click on that. Check out all his cool stuff. He does his interviews, his music, all kind of great stuff. Check it out there at his YouTube page or just go to his website, drthundermusic.com. Dot com. Okay, commercial over. Sorry. <laughs> so no, yeah. that's all right. <laughs> you got to pay the bills. Absolutely. So uh, I do want to. Uh, Torrance, um, he said not to make this too personal, but when I but when I feel pressure to look, uh, talk, and think a certain way as a black man, your conversation with other black men always great and make me feel less weird. Thank you, Torrance. I appreciate that. So we're making them feel good. Sean, see, we're good. <laughs> That's what's up. Feel good. I love that. Yes. Ryan says, mom wants to know if you go to church, uh, was that no support from church statement based on experience? Um, and it wasn't necessarily just from church. This is specific in this case, Ryan, for the black church to be forward with you. Um, that's what we were talking about. 
Um, but do I go to church? Yes. Uh, I'm a member of the Greek Orthodox, Eastern Orthodox Church, because I follow the tradition of children are the religion of the mother. Not everyone follows that tradition. I do. My wife is Eastern Orthodox, so my family is now Eastern Orthodox. So yes, we do. We go to the Greek Orthodox Church here in Astoria, Queens. Yes. And I am uh, Eastern Orthodox also. Um, Here we uh, go. uh, OCA, Orthodox Church of America. Um, Here we go. uh, St. Gregory of Nyssa, Eastern Orthodox Church. Shout out to them. Um, (laughs) There we go. So I hope that answers your question, Ryan. (laughs) There we go. I, I, I love that. So Matthew brings up, particularly the war on drugs messes with poor white communities. It's really a war on poor people. Yes, Matthew, agreed. The war on drugs is good for no one. It was, it was started because of race. It was racist in its beginnings. And now that has spilled over to affect everybody, 100%. So, but I want to go to one other spot you were, you were talking about. Because Dave brings up the idea of the man, regardless of race, is encouraged to not be a father from the government. I think that's true. That is what happens. You're a part of, of what you call the black manosphere. Tell me what that's about. All right. Yeah. So the black manosphere is a segment of YouTube where, um, and it's, it's not a monolithic space. It's a, it's a quite, um, diverse space. Uh, the kind of content that I'm most interested in is the content that, uh, is, uh, providing information for men to help them to level up uh, information uh, provided to men that maybe they didn't have a relationship with their dad and they're mm. looking for uh, mentors uh, for folks to speak on issues uh, that are important to them. There's a strong men's rights advocacy uh, within the black manosphere. Um, and there are a lot of, uh, you know, folks like uh, O'Shea Duke Jackson, Mumia Obsidian Ali. Uh, those are a couple of the sort of uh, most important figures, the ones that got things started. And now the space is, uh, you know, for instance, Kevin Samuels comes out of the Black Manosphere. Very popular. Um, th- very much so. He was he was on a show called uh, The Seven, uh, Donovan Sharp's show called The Seven, which is a Sunday night uh, show. It's all black uh, men, uh, sort of a list of content creators in that space. Kevin was one of those content creators. He's no longer part of that show. But um, uh, it's a space where you can, with frankness, speak on and talk about a lot of the issues um, that black men face. Um, And it focuses on this sort of deregulation of the dating market and how uh, things have sort of gone to hell in a handbasket <laughs> in ways to try to uh, reorient yourself and reposition yourself to be able to, to uh, take advantage of, uh, you know, certain aspects of, of, of the market. Uh, it didn't used to be. You mean, you, mean, you mean how dating has changed? Yeah. They, uh, you know, everything downstream of uh, social media and dating apps in particular it has totally destroyed the sort of natural continuity of the, of the market. So for instance, in all of recorded history, only 40% of men have 
procreated were about 80 to 85% of women. That would be pretty normal. Now what's happened is uh, about 15 to 20% of the men are, are, are having sex with about 80 to 90% of the women. Yeah, and so, I saw those stats the other the year, the, the amount of people who've had no sex since right. they were 18. And, That's right. And they only did people up to the age of 30. And the amount yep. of men shrank significantly, the amount of women right. raised significantly. That means a few men are getting all the women. That's right. Um, so part of what creates this is that there has become this unrealistic uh, sort of standard for men, for desirable men. Uh, and the people that ha- that meet that standard tend to be blue checkmark guys on mm. you know Instagram. Instagram. Uh, tends to be folks like athletes and in stars and in you know uh, uh, music artists, you know pop artists, so stuff cool like that. Guys like us, I got it. I got it. <laughs> Politicians got it. Um, <laughs> tend to be uh, those sort of blue check mark kind of guys, uh, folks that are at least six figures, six feet tall. You know, there's this this list of things that uh, women have been sort of conditioned to look for. Matter mm-hmm. of fact, one of my uh, uh, one of my frequent c- contributors, uh, he's been on my channel. I've been on his guy named Dr. T. Hassan Johnson, who mm-hmm. is a, uh, tenured professor, um, at one of the California state schools. And his, his discipline is black masculinity studies. Mm, he's, okay. uh, he calls himself a black masculinist. He has a black masculinist. I never heard that before. Okay. <laughs> uh, he has a, a class. Uh, it's a large class. He teaches undergraduate students. So this would be students anywhere from 17 to maybe 25. Um, and he asked for the last five years, he's asked the, all of the students, the same questions. He asked the, 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 the girls about what their standards are. He, you know, and they'll provide their long list of things. And one of the things that's always on the list is six figures, someone that's making six figures. Uh, and this is just to qualify to date them. And then he'll ask the guys, um, the, you know, show me your list. What is your list of qualifications? So one thing that happens is men are not socialized to have standards. And so none of the guys have any a, a list of qualifications. So there's no standard. They have no standard. Just that a girl is taking interest in me, that's that's good enough, right? I remember whereas dating. The women, yes. <laughs> whereas the women have this long list. And like I said, one of which is six figures. So what that means is in each of his classes for the last five years, none of the girls would date any of the guys that are in that class because they're all broke because they're college students. Right. Okay. But to understand how out of balance that is and how, what kind of disadvantage that puts, uh, puts the men of the same age when now that girl, she can inbox one of these blue checkmark guys and though that guy is not likely to commit to her, they can have fun for a weekend. He's likely to, out to, to hook up things. with her. Yeah, he is. He's very likely That's to right. hook up with her. Yep. Right. Yes. Uh, so there's all of these kinds of dynamics. But, but there's uh, a, now a worse part of this. Hold here. on. There's a worse part to this, though. And sure. the worst part is now if I'm one of those guys in the in the, in the high school, in, the, in, the, in a class, and I see that the girls are going out with these guys who are dumping them and treat them like garbage. I am right. now taught, oh, 
So I got to lie and be a jerk. And that's how I'll get women because you've taught yeah. me that because I watched the other guy who lied to you and was a jerk to you and you went after him. And now I'm an impressionable young man trying to figure out how to how to date. And I'm going to copy that. And I got to tell yeah. you, part of that happened when I was a kid, too. It wasn't as 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 forward. But the angrier I got as, and the more arrogant I got as a young Marine who I thought I knew everything. I didn't, and I was an idiot, but I thought I knew everything as an 18, 19 Marine. I mean, the women came after me. When I was a nice yep. guy in high school, women didn't like me. Yeah, when, nice when guys I, finish I, last. Yeah, when I was a jerk, and I thought I was, when I thought I was the, the greatest thing in the world, I, I'd have beat them off with a stick. It was terrible. Yep. Yeah, and so all of that stuff is like on steroids now. Um, it's... Uh, and so it makes so so in in keep in mind that the sort of bottom 80 to 90% of men are totally invisible totally invisible not even seen as as as, as options um and so and then in conjunction with that women now have been taught that they can have everything that they don't have to make any sacrifices they don't have to choose something as a priority you are being for being very non pc right now my friend <laughs> <laughs> so, you, you are. Yep. <laughs> so what ends up happening is uh, a lot of women are waiting until later to get married, maybe mid thirties or later. Yeah. It, they have not prioritized marriage uh, up until that point. And then they're like, where did all the men go? Yep. Well, all of, in the wake of all of the nuclear rejections that you issued to all of these invisible men, many of which would probably have been a right match for you. So, so you have all of this, this stuff that's, that's happening and, uh, the manosphere tends to be a space where a lot of that stuff is, is discussed with frankness. Um, and it's not just men in the space. There are a lot of, uh, females in the space. There's women yep. that are, have sort of subscribed to and bought into, uh, a lot of those, uh, philosophies and talking points and have, they themselves claim to be sort of reformed. Um, and have changed their the, the way that they think about uh, things. That's an interesting so. thing you're talking about. Let me let me grab a couple more comments here. Um, let's see here. Uh, Torrance says, "I know a lot of great black fathers in their 20s and 30s. One of them is my older brother. Thank you. Good. I, I hope I'm a great father. I'm in my 50s, but I hope I'm a good father. I hope I am at least. So yes. Uh, see if I can. Uh, well, there are a lot of people who are uh, Eastern Orthodox. I'm I'm surprised. Bernard says. Orthodox Christian as well. Davis, Anti Antiochian. So, yes, yeah. absolutely. A, a lot. Wow. Missy says, I adore Kevin Samuels. Okay, so she's with you. There we go. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Nate says, nice shirt, Larry. I appreciate Yes, I'm kind of, you know, <laughs> you know, in my shirt. Absolutely. Very good. Very good. Matthew says, damn, six figures. That means literally 90% of males below the age of 30 automatically could be disqualified. And that's I think correct. that's exactly your point, right? Isn't that your point, That's Sean? exactly the point. That's exactly the point. Um, you know, now there's a principle called hypergamy, and this is a natural tendency. Uh, uh, women will, uh, they'll consolidate on the highest value man available. Mm. Okay. And that's, and they should do that. I mean, they, they should do that, right? Uh, you don't want to get some dude that, uh, he can't provide, he can't protect, he can't do any of the things that you, uh, that you need a man to be able to do to take care of you. Obviously you, you shouldn't do that, but 
what's happening now is a sort of hypergamy on steroids. Mm. It's, it's, um, where, uh, Virtually none of the qualities, the traditional qualities that used to get you at least in the game, get your foot in the door. Many of those are not, they're not nearly good enough. Mm. Um, and then but after I think I see this and, and I'm gonna go down my own road. I met yeah. my current wife, my wife now that I haven't loved and have for 20 years. I met her in high school. She mm. was not interested in me in high school. Yeah. We were nice friends, but. I wasn't the guy for her. I was, she was not interested in me. We were apart for about 10 years after high school. And then we had similar friends. And this is back in AOL days. We had an email that came out. <laughs> I know I'm aging myself. This AOL, we had email that came out and everyone's name was on the email list, right? There's no blind copy. It's everyone's emails there, right? So she saw my email and she reaches out to me. And at that point, she liked me. And the reason why I bring this up is because Christine says, hold on. Christine's, oh, hold on, I got to find Christine's. There you go. Christine says, I liked the jerks when I was younger, but these days, nice men are sexy. I think my wife went through that herself. That's my gut, right? I think my wife kind of went through that, like, the jerks are hot, but oh, wait a minute. They kind of weren't good to me. That Larry guy, he was a nice guy in high school and he liked me. Maybe he was good. Now, to be forward, by that time, I was also much more confident in myself. I was an older male. I had had some successes in Marina and as a teacher in my life. So I wasn't, you know, the I wasn't the same geeky high school kid, obviously, as life had you know, changed me and matured me a bit. But I think it also matured her. It matured both me and her. I think we were lucky that we were able to get back together or I think I may never, never have grabbed her. You know, it's interesting. There's a there's this uh, principle called pre-selection. OK. And pre-selection basically is this idea that if. um if other women want you, then, then, you know, then the woman that you want will want you too. Right. Yes. So okay. So if nobody wants you, then, ah, uh, no, nobody wants him. Why, why do I want to deal with them? But as soon as more people want you, then it's like, oh, oh, why didn't I see this person all along? And it's a pretty normal, I mean, I'm not saying any, anything that we don't know about the general sort of psychology of people in general, mm -hmm. but, uh, but that's how it sort of expresses itself in the dating market. And so for instance, having game, you know, being able to go up confidently sure. and, and, and talk to a woman, if you have game, what that means is that you've been with a lot of women. Ah, there we go. That's it. That's I, love, I love that's the fact it. that there are people who say, if you want to get women to come after you, put a wedding ring on. I've never heard people tell me that because right. you put a wedding on and go, Oh, he's got a woman and women want him. So we should right. go after him. I know it sounds right. crazy, but yeah, let me grab or, Jericho. Or Jericho says, this is super interesting. I'm not offended by this at all, but we're all not like that. That's absolutely true. Jericho. We're, we're, we're broad brushing. Absolutely true. And also, you know, we're also in college level, uh, college level uh, kids also. So a youngster, the shouldn't say kids, uh, college level um, youngsters. I will never understand women, why women feel the need to go to college and have a great career if their number one criteria in a man is to be able to support her. Oh, it's a valid, valid point. Then why not just marry into money instead of all that hard work? Yeah, I guess it's kind of an interesting concept. Now, we mentioned Kevin Samuels a couple of times. And one of the things that he says is that, especially in the black community, the issue is because all of these factors that we've been talking about disproportionately impact 
black women. So in yeah. the black community, only one in four black women will marry. Wow. Only one in four. So what? Oh my what god! Happens, I had no idea it was that bad. Wow. Yeah. So what what happens is, um, as women prioritize their career and pr prioritize education, they put all the intensity into that rather than in finding a suitable mate. And then they sort of have timed out by the time that they come to themselves that, wait a minute, I really do want a family. I really do want kids. I really do want X, Y, and Z. But because you can't have it all, you have to prioritize the things that you want the most. Now, the thing is, is that men have always well, known that you can't have it all. But there's, there's two things to this piece. There's one is there's an executive coach, very savvy executive coach. Her name was Carol Hyatt. And she told mm. me something that always stuck with me. And she didn't tell me, she told a whole group of people. I was there, but a group of people were there. And she was talking basically to executive women. She said, it's not that you can't have it all. She said, you can't have it all at the same time. And she was very much as an executive coach trying to tell women, you know what? Because you're a woman and you have woman issues, you've got to time yourself out and decide exactly when you're going to focus on what in your life. Right. When are you going to focus on relationships? When are you going to focus on being a mother? When are you going to focus on being a professional? When are you going to focus on being the things that matter to you? That was her entire spiel. Right. She was like, yeah. you, you don't get to have everything at the same time. You can have it all. But you but because you're a woman and you, and you may want things that other men, that men don't want, that you're going to mm -hmm. have to figure out how to jigsaw puzzle that into your life. Are you going to go early with kids or late with kids? Or are you going to break it up in the middle of your career? Or you're not going to have kids at all. Are you going to look for a, a, a husband early or late, right? She, her view was it, was that, it wasn't that the time mattered, meaning that you could do whatever works for you. But you've got to be clear on what part of your life you're going to do these things or you're going to miss one of them. And I, and I would tend to agree with that. The only thing that I would say is that for women, they have to prioritize the relationship first and then the other things. So, so because if you want the kind of, you know, quality guy that women are looking for, this sort of idealized, you know, uh, man, this perfect man, whatever, if you want them to be, uh, you know, Kevin talks about high value men. Mm -hmm. If you want one of these high value men, then the way that you get them is you have to get them when you're at your highest value. And women have a shelf life on when they can procreate. And so you, you have to prioritize that first. And then once you have done that, and, and the thing is, this is so uh, not, the black community, we're going to get canceled. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, see the, the thing, one, one thing that's interesting is uh, traditionally college has been a place where women have found their, not only did they get their, you know, they, their BA, they also got their MRS mm -hmm. or at least they located the, the person that they were going to marry when they were in college. That's but not these true days, anymore, is it? It's not as true anymore. It's not true. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, in particular, it's not true in the black community where it seems that degrees are being pursued as a way to assert uh, the notion that I don't need no man. Yeah, I can I do have, all of this I have myself. Heard that too. Yes, I remember Chris Rock brought this up in one of his his uh, routines years ago, maybe ten fifteen years ago. He said, "You know, 
yes, you can raise a child without a man, but it doesn't mean you should, right? He's like, you could drive That's a right. car. You could drive a car with your feet. Doesn't mean you should, right? I mean, right. it could be done, but you you probably shouldn't do it that way. It's an interesting point that 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 was even being brought up years ago by Chris Rock. Sean, we've gone way off topic. We're supposed to be talking about third parties. <laughs> now we're talking about we're making Torrance happy. He's loving the conversation, but I just I feel like we're going way off topic. Um, yeah. but you know what I'll do? I will bring this up. I, I'll bring it back. I will bring it back. And here's how I'll bring it back. The only movement in this country that is talking about allowing people to be free to choose the one that they want to mate with and or marry or any combination is is the idea, is the movement of the Libertarian Party. That is the only movement that says that. Democrats have decided what family is and it's government telling you what it is. Republicans have decided what family is and it's only the nuclear family and it's only the way we decide it to be. Libertarian Party says your family should be whatever way you want to make it that makes you happy. And mm. if you don't want to have kids, well, then is there really a shelf life? Not really, right? If you don't want to have kids, right. or if you're, or if you're, uh, if you're gay or part of the LGBT community, and maybe you don't want to have kids naturally, maybe you want to adopt. Maybe that's part of your world, which is again. There's no shelf life at that point, right? If that's where you want to go. And I'm not saying any are right or wrong. They're all whatever works for you. But I do think as we try to go more local and care more about autonomy, I think the liberty movement is the only part that actually says, you know what? Do you. just yeah. and, and we want you to have a good family. And because a good family means a good social network. And it means you can support each other. And when and if you want to have that business or something, you can do it. I think that's, you know, really a good idea. I don't know. Am, am I wrong here? Tell me. Yeah. No. I. I. You know. I'm. I'm all for people uh, being able to choose what they want to choose, uh, as long as they're willing to take the consequences of whatever their choices are, and they're not trying to get the government to to bail them out because mm-hmm. they made choices that you know didn't work out for them that I'm, I'm totally, I'm totally with that. The issue that I have with the Democrats is with all of this sort of, uh, attempted social reengineering, um, uh, m- much of which I'm not comfortable with, mm-hmm. uh, cause I'm, you know, I'm conservative, you know, it, mm-hmm. my value system is conservative. Yep. Um, and because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian, I'm an Orthodox Christian, so I'm not just, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm like basically the most traditional Christian that there, that there can be. And so I have a, a tendency to see things from a particular worldview and that's right. okay. Um, for me, other people don't need to see it that way. That's fine. Um, if, if the way that I'm seeing things causes me to, uh, miss out on some things, then, Hey, I'll have to take that. Uh, I'll have to take that, that consequence. So yeah. long as folks have that sort of disposition with it, um, I'm totally fine with it. There we go. So Matthew says, I uh, like men can raise kids by themselves, but they probably shouldn't. Yeah, I would agree. You shouldn't, right? You should try to raise kids with as many loving adults in that relationship that you can possibly get, right? That is the best way to raise children. As many loving adults in that relationship as you can possibly get to make them feel supported and safe and give them people to talk to and all those things. Absolutely. Look, two parents is the best. 
um, and I'm and I'm Christian, so I'm going to say man and woman because we have different characteristics. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the best. However, all the statistics show, and the research is out on this, that if if you're talking about a single parent, that actually the kids do better if the single parent is the father. Oh, is that right? There we go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they tend to be better adjusted uh, financially. They tend to be better taken care of because though uh, women have been sort of climbing uh, in the statistics as far as income and, and degrees and uh, careers and stuff like this, men still uh, uh, make more money. Mm, okay. Even if they don't have degrees. So part, part, I, I think a lot of it, I think a lot of it is a money issue. But then I also think, especially when you're talking about boys, see, see part of the issue in yes, the black community. I think you, yes, is, I, yeah, I'm with you already. Keep going. I'm, I'm all yeah, part, yes. yeah, part of the issue in the black community is since you have, what, what is it, 75%, 70, 75% out of wedlock. And so then, therefore, father's not, uh, you know, not in the homes, X, Y, and Z. So the boy is going to tend to take on characteristics of the parent that is there. And um, in mass, not 100%, but in mass, women tends to be more emotional. And so basically you're teaching the boys to be emotional and to not have control of their emotions. And it is very dangerous to have men that have not developed the, uh, the ability to control their emotions running around. Men are very, uh, you know, can create a lot of destruction in chaos. Well, I, I don't know if I can go thing. down that road, but I, I want to stay on it a little bit. You're, one thing you're 100% correct. When it comes to destruction mm-hmm. and pain, without question, young males do far more of that than any that's other right. democratic group. Not even close. That is, that's, that's not being PC or not being PC. That is a statistical data fact that has been true since there's yeah. been human beings. So young men are always the most aggressive, the most violent, cause the most mayhem, guaranteed true 100%. My issue is I'm not sure it's because the woman is there versus because the man isn't. And my point is, and I said this before, and people get mad when I say it. There's sometimes when a young man, a young boy, just needs his ass whipped. And I know it sounds horrible. Well, that's what I'm saying, yeah. But it's true. Like, I know there are times when I should have had my ass whipped. I wouldn't have been the idiot that I was if I would have had a father in my life when I was a kid who would have slapped me across the head. You know, I remember in football, they and my football coach physically would sometimes hit us. I know it sounds horrible, but I'm just saying sometimes young men need someone to go, stop being a jerk. Stop it. You're, you're You're a little jerk. Stop being it. And it's almost always the father who yanks the kid by the back of the neck and says, stop being a jerk. The mother often doesn't. Yeah. So there are, there are maybe the top two or three things that I learned from my dad that I think served me the, 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 uh, served me the best and, uh, created a significant disadvantage for maybe one of my counterparts that did not have their dad in their life. One was, uh, he didn't allow me to make excuses. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the reason that he wouldn't allow me to make excuses is that he realizes that for men, there's a burden of performance and no one cares yeah. about your excuses. 
Very true. Okay. There's no yes. place to bellyache about your excuses. Either you're getting it done or you're not. There is no glass floor. Homelessness is a real op- op- option for men. Yes. yes. <laughs> you know, and, absolutely. Yes. 100%. And disproportionately so. So number one was no excuses. Number two was to get in, get control of my emotions. Okay. So if, if I am uh, not in control of my emotions and I'm just angry or whatever the emotion is, and I just don't ever develop the ability to control that, not only is it going to rage havoc on opportunities in my life, but also it's going to create disproportionate danger for other people yes. that interact with me. Yes. Agreed. Okay. Well, and what you're saying is, is ownership of yourself, that's right? right? Ownership of yourself saying that I'm responsible for my actions. I'm responsible for what I do. I, I own myself. That is literally a libertarian thought process. Right. I own myself and I've got to accept that, that I own myself and my actions. And I got to make sure that if I don't own myself, then I'm going to blame everybody else for everything I'm doing. And I'm never going to be how, excuse me, how can I be successful? And then the third thing was my dad was able to look at me and, uh, and, and make some decisions about what skills he thought that I natively had. And mm-hmm. then he supported that stuff, not just with finances, although he sp- spent a lot of money on it, but also with his time. Yeah. You know, he was my, my, my dad was a great musician. He was a great saxophone player. And he saw that I had certain, uh, uh, certain attributes, certain characteristics that would lend to being a good musician. And so he started teaching me when I was very young and I had two to three lessons every, every week and an attentive ear on the practice room, yeah. you know? So when I was practicing, he was listening and he was saying, Hey, don't go on to that next thing. That last thing was not right. Right. He was my teacher all the way until I went to college. Um, and so those three things uh, created a disproportionate and an unfair advantage for me. That created it's an funny unfair to say that, you know, I only had my father till I was 12. He died when I was 12. Mm-hmm. But I, I he saw that I was good in art. I was an artist as a kid. And he did exactly the same thing. You know, I, I wouldn't show my stuff to my mom. My mom would just always go, oh, it's amazing. That's all she would do. But my father would go, that's good. But you could fix this. And what about that? And how about this? And he made me a better artist. He also I played chess with me. And he made me a better tactician because he didn't just let me win. He showed me how to play chess and I didn't beat my father at chess. And I learned chess when I was five. I didn't beat my father until I was 11. Six years of getting my ass with my father at chess until I finally beat him. Right. Because he wouldn't let me win until I earned the victory. And I kept having to play. And I found myself doing that with my younger daughter in all games, teaching her how to win. And more importantly, teaching her how to lose. My father yeah. also told me to be a better artist. And I actually sold two of my paintings when I was 17 before I went to the Marine Corps. I never really painted after that. But my oldest daughter, I followed it. I follow what my father did, right? My oldest daughter, she's an artist also. She's a she's a um, a cartoonist. She's illustrating my book. Um, I've helped her through everything. I spend time with her. I send her to classes, right? She's doing college courses this summer. And she's only in 11th grade. 
She's doing college art courses already. So I'm doing all those things with her now. And I was her basketball coach when she was in basketball. I was her softball coach when she was in softball. So all those things, you're right. I think I've, even though I only had my father till I was 12, I think the things that he did, I kept, and I've done them now with my daughters. Yeah. And so my comment, again, was not disparaging against the women that are sort of left in the wake of the men leaving. It was, it's more to say that we are wired differently. It's, and it's okay to acknowledge that men and women are different. That's, that's okay. It doesn't mean that women can't do, uh, you know, things that men can do and that men can't do things that women can do. We're just oriented differently. And so we're going to tend to uh, natively focus on different kinds of things and provide a different sort of, uh, you know, content information, um, uh, support, whatever it is for, for kids. Ah, I like that. So we went to the ownership piece. You weren't sure about the entrepreneurship mindset, but I, I do think that's an important piece of any community, but specifically the black community. And I, I bring this up often. Killer Mike did a, um, a, a Netflix series. I forgot the name of the, of the uh, series, but in one of them, he was, he was talking about um, uh, black ownership of businesses. And he, he's from Atlanta. He's in, I don't know if he's from Atlanta. He was in Atlanta. And he said, I want to try to, I want to try to live uh, one day and only use black owned businesses. And he couldn't do it. In Atlanta, Atlanta is a very black city, right? Compared to most cities in America. It's a very black city. And he couldn't do it. That's the part that bothers me completely. That I feel like if you go into most, say, Chinese neighborhoods or Korean neighborhoods or Filipino neighborhoods or even Hispanic neighborhoods, most of the people who own the small businesses are Chinese, Korean, Filipino, or or Hispanic. Most of them are. There will always be exceptions, but most of them are. You go in a black community, hardly any. They're owned by Chinese or Koreans or Hispanics. Or or Arabs or Yemenis if if you're here in in New York City they're owned by non blacks. Are you talking about the series We Buy Black? No, not that one. It was another one that he did, but it might have been part of that. Okay, all right. It might have been part um, of that. So you know one of the one of the um, points that I fre- I have frequently made is you know what slavery got the ball rolling, no doubt about it. Obviously. Um, we're still experiencing undertones, overtones, reverberations, artifacts, byproducts of, of slavery. But with respect to the way that slavery has impacted the black community and in particular, the family structure, much of that was, uh, somewhat, uh, resolved or, or solved prior to the civil rights movement. And what happened with is in my mind, what has created most of these kinds of issues in our communities now is, is the artifact, uh, the artifacting uh, byproduct of forced integration. Now, if you did integration in a uh, sort of in an equal way, then you would have bust in white folks to black neighborhoods also. But instead of that, what they did is they took black folks and then spread us all out you know, across in different areas. And so it made it very much, uh, very hard for us to, 
um, sort of stay connected and to, and then to have that sort of critical mass of folks supporting our own stuff. You know, this is the Daryl uh, Davis uh, uh, situation. Yeah. You remember Daryl Davis, the guy who who um, who converts clan members, right? He talks about his idea of how what made him think about this is he was bussed into a white school in Massachusetts. And that's right. what made him think, wait a minute. This is not the right answer. Maybe, maybe it's kind of his story. Yeah. So I think that a lot of the issues that we face and even the sort of fundamental distrust of, of, of black products that black people tend to have um, and of black services. So like, you know, and you know, I hate to, I hate to say this, but you know, if, you know, if, if you have a particular cert, maybe you have a heart surgery coming up and you have a choice of, oh, here's the black surgeon and he's got all these cr- credentials and X, Y, and Z, but here's the white surgeon, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, I, I think that there still is this sort of, I don't want to call it a self-hating thing, but it's, it's like a definite, a distrust of the things that we do, because I think black folks think that they're, they're, uh, you know, they're, uh, the companies that are black owned are of lesser quality. They're not as good as, and so we tend to just in mass, not support black, uh, black owned, uh, you know, businesses. It's a real, it's, it's a real issue. true. I think it's definitely still true. I think it's less true. And I think that there's been some movement in a positive direction with that, but all of that, uh, I think is a, uh, you know, as a byproduct or uh, an artifact of forced integration, where basically the only thing that, we could do was support other people's stuff that, because it wasn't enough to consolidate it. That that one's challenging for me because I, I look now at at how, and I'm saying today, I think that was true years ago. The reason why I'm a little bit giving you a little bit of pushback is I think about how many of the people who black people who've become wealthy and then supported black business to get them to grow, then others have followed followed suit. In fact, many of them have been bought up by other companies that were originally started by, by, by black men or black women. I think you're finding, I feel like, and maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like, particularly in larger organizations, we don't even think, right? Mm. And when it comes to things like lawyers and doctors, I feel like it isn't that it's anti-black, I feel that it is a stereotype. For example, and it's going to sound horrible for, for people listening, but um, if you if you if you look at people who get arrested and need a lawyer, there's a lot of people who just want a Jewish lawyer, and yep. it's just a fact, right? They just assume the Jewish lawyer is better. Now, statistically, are Jewish lawyers better? I have no idea, but the image mm. is we want a Jewish lawyer, and I know I've known people. It's going to sound so bad, but I'm just I'm just doing real talk here who have thought about they want to find a partner who has a stereotypical Jewish name. They don't want a Williams and Williams law firm. They want a Williams, Williams and Steinberg, right? What law firm? They're looking for a guy with a, with a stereotypical or gal with a stereotypical Jewish name because they know there's marketing value in that. I don't think it's because the lawyers in this case are black. It's because in this case, they're looking for some stereotype. Right. So he's a lawyer. He's got to be Jewish. He's a doctor. He's got to be white or believe it or not, he's got to be Indian. One of those is depending upon who you're talking to now. So I think even that changes. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, yeah. You said stereotype. Um, I don't, in manner of speaking, I don't necessarily see that as being some sort of racist thing. I, I think that you can uh, look in certain cultures and they tend to be more lawyers and that, you know, are generated out of that culture. And I think there's a sure. lot of Jewish lawyers. And so there's a tradition of excellence in, in, in law in, in the Jewish community. And so I, I don't necessarily see anything wrong with that. Um, no, I wasn't saying example, it was wrong. I was saying, I'm yeah, yeah, not yeah. sure within your example that the reason why the person doesn't want the black doctor is not because the doctor's black, but because the doctor is not the stereotype right, right. that he thinks is correct. Right. That's, uh, and yeah. that's the difference I was trying to make. Yeah. I mean, that, and, and that's basically what I was saying too. I was, ah, okay. I'm agreeing with you. Yes. Okay. There we go. Okay. Matthew steps in. He goes, I think he is saying that the black community doesn't tend to support black businesses. Not saying that wealthy blacks don't support other black businesses. Oh, okay. You're right, Matthew. That's a good nuance. I see where you're going with that. See, Matthew's paying attention, John. He's paying attention. <laughs> Thank you, Matthew. And okay. what it is that he just said is, 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 is what I'm saying. There we go. There we go. So Matthew, you heard him better than I did. Thank you. Uh, Shelly says black children are more affected by the foster care system. Also true. Like yep. uh, busting their social security is taken away from them. They're no longer in relationship with their neighbors, schools, churches, etc. It's a, a valid point. Yeah. And of course the old joke Dave brings up, do we cheat them and how nicely done? That's, that's an old, uh, that, that's a, uh, that's an old uh, three stooges one. Do we cheat them and how? <laughs> yes. That's good. So before we wrap this up, good doctor, is there something you want to bring up that we haven't brought up? We went down a a road. I think we're going to go down, but it's fine. I'm happy we went down it. Uh, People seem to be enjoying it. Is there something that we should be, you know, that I missed? Um, Well, I mean, maybe this will seem random at this point, but um, black men in the academy. Um, there's a, there, there has been a lot of, uh, focus on women's issues, um, in, in society. And it it seems like everyone has kind of gotten on board and trying to push that thing down the road. But I think, uh, there's not as much attention to, uh, a lot of men's issues. And one, one thing that, uh, the sort of manosphere focuses on its men's men's issues, not at the, not trying to be at the detriment of women's issues, but just to say, Hey, here are some things that we're dealing with also. Um, now one thing that in particular that black men in the Academy face is that there are 20,000 fewer black male academics than black female academics. Wow. 20,000. That's a lot. Yeah. And so as far as being the minority and, and we, we need to also understand that in the black community, the sort of, uh, uh, the, the persecution, uh, is more aimed at black men than it has been at black women. Mm. And part of it is because black women have sort of, uh, th- there's been this assist, uh, systematic sort of, um, wedge that's been driven between black men and black women. Black men tend to be more conservative than black women. Uh, 
and we don't tend to agree on a lot of things politically. And in this last election, uh, we see that, what is it, like 80 to 85 percent of black men voted Democrat, and but it was like 99 percent or something like that of black females voted Democrat. Um, and that percentage that kind of shows, um, some of the philosophical differences that Democrats have done a good job of, uh, well, they've done a better job, let's put it that way of serving interests of black women. Um, but not a very good job at home. Right. But not a very good job of serving black men. Not at all. Um, in, this is a, you, so, you brought up a valid yeah. point again. There are a lot of black men I know who don't feel at home with a Democratic Party, but feel there's no place to go. Right. That they're just there because or they check out and don't vote. Yeah. They just check out. Right. And just give up. So I, I do think there's a lot of that. You know, I was thinking about starting a Libertarian Party urban caucus. Maybe yeah. it's time. Maybe maybe it's time to do that. I live in New York City, biggest city in the uh, in the nation. Maybe it's time to start that caucus and try to draw some uh, some some people of color into the party. Maybe more. Maybe it's time to do that. See, you. Just, I'm gonna I'm blame you if it happens. I'm gonna blame you. Your fault. <laughs> well, I'd be down, man. <laughs> I'd be down. That's that sounds like a. Uh, we need more of that. Um, you know what we, what you hear uh, in the you know national media. You don't hear anything about any of these third party options, especially when you get around uh, presidential elections. Um, and then you just try, even try to have regular conversations with people. And it's like, you're talking a different language when you mention any of these other uh, candidates, you know, third party candidates. And I think that's a, that's a real shame. Hmm. Yeah. I, I, I get that completely. That's good. Great. So for those of you um, who know what I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you as always, please, Please like, comment, and share. It does matter. Let people know this is happening. It's important. For more information on The Good Doctor, drthundermusic.com. If you want to support the show, if you like what I'm talking about, this is valuable to you, support the show with some cash. Patreon.com slash Sharpway. Throw me 10 bucks, 25 bucks. Or if you're one of those high-value males who make six figures, then throw, <laughs> then throw me 100 bucks a month and show me, how, show me your swag. Show me your swag by doing that. I'll be thoroughly impressed. But no matter what, please take the world's smallest book of quiz. It does matter. Absolutely. Yeah, th- yeah that's the baller, the, the baller rate. The, there we the go. Yes, exactly. Baller. That's the, you want to show me what a baller you are? Show me. 100 bucks a month. You are, you are the baller. I'm just not calling it. It's a bolt. That's the baller rate. I love that. So yeah, if, if you don't mind me uh, plugging in a couple things. Go ahead, please. Okay. So I have a, uh, a live stream, a weekly live stream. Uh, that I do on Wednesdays. Well, I'm moving to 7 p.m. on Wednesdays uh, on my channel. It's called Thunder's Thoughts. Um, and I t- tackle pretty, you know, interesting, spicy, just outside of the Overton window kind of uh, topics. Um, and uh, my, you know, I always, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Christian. Uh, my, my worldview does have something to do with uh, the way that I view some of these topics. But sure. um, I think as you as you heard in our interview, this this discussion today, um, if you're interested in that kind of dialogue, there's a lot of it that's happening uh, on that program. Also, I have my uh, conversations with Dr. Thunder uh, interview series uh, podcast. It is um, I just interviewed 
uh, it was about a month and a half ago, I interviewed uh, the president of Ohio State University, uh, which was an interesting interview. That was episode 156. And I've just published on my uh, social media uh, the next, uh, what, 15 or 20 interviews uh, that I have scheduled. Uh, I'll start back with my interviews uh, the last couple weeks in August. So, and that's going to be a real, uh, you know, real interesting uh, list of characters. It's very diverse. It's not just musicians. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, um, you know, academics and um, politicians and all kinds of, uh, all kinds of folks with different uh, perspectives on things. Uh, it's, it's important to me to get people that have different perspectives uh, in the same room to have conversations. Yes. Absolutely. It's very, very important. Excellent. So guys, thank you so much for this evening. Um, I will be uh, on, I'll be on greenhouse tomorrow. Yes. Tomorrow, 7 PM greenhouse. And then eight 30 tomorrow, I will be live um, with another gentleman, um, the, the man himself counterpoints. He will be, he's another Marine. It'll be a very good conversation. I'll see you guys very soon.